0: Turn your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 5. One of my favorite passages, Hebrews chapter 5. And I want to talk about it's time to grow up. Amen? It's time to grow up. There are times when our kids or our mate, they act up and we say, Oh, grow up, right? Man, as believers, we sin, we do wrong, and uh, it just seems like we never mature in the Lord. And the Lord says, oh, grow up, amen? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing." We're good at making excuses to why we're not growing in our faith, why we're lagging behind in the knowledge or the application of God's word to our life. Ever since we placed our faith in the gospel, that's how a person gets saved. Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he rose again. We believe it's sufficient enough to save us. So we put our faith in that. And when we put our faith in that, Too often, too many believers, what they do, they remain immature. Most say, those say that they're believers, they have no or they have very little hunger in their hearts to know and understand the Word of God. Most of them, as long as they fulfill, they think their responsibility of going to church on the weekend, spending, you know, an hour or two, on a Sunday or something like that, uh, they think that that's enough. Uh, they don't need anything else to be helping them. That's all that's necessary to make them mature. And of course, that's so wrong. It's as if most of us think that growth and maturity will just happen or we think relying on someone else to do it for us. Well, the church will make me spiritual. 1 Timothy 4, 7 the last part of that verse, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself. It's time that we as believers stop making excuses and blaming everyone and everything else for our immaturity in the faith. We're good at doing that, aren't we? We can blame everything, everyone, schedules, jobs, people, pressure, all these things. We blame everything. Why we're not mature in our faith. But we, our own selves, we're responsible. We're accountable ourselves for our own maturity and spirituality. Now, maturity, growth, and spirituality, they're not the same. Uh, Maturity and growth, that involves time. It involves life's experiences, knowledge, and application of God's Word over a long, prolonged period of time. Uh, Maturity is where you've made it a routine of commitment to what God's Word has to say for your life, whereas spirituality has to do with the believer's immediate or momentary relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit, God's Word. It's each day that as we live, we're guided by the Spirit of God. We're directed by the Word of God, and we have the mind of Christ, and we're trying to have a relationship with Him. Now, that's spirituality, whereas maturity takes time. Spirituality is a day-to-day thing, isn't it? Notice chapter 5, verse 11 again. Notice what it says. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. The author here says he had some truths, some teachings, that he wanted to share with them, but he was having difficulty in sharing the truth with them. And the reason is because the people had little biblical perception. They couldn't grasp what was being said. And the reason is, it says they were dull of hearing. Les Felix says that's being thick-headed. <laughs> and I think that's a good word. They had no push, no drive to learn truth that could actually help them mature in their life. It states they were dull. Uh, in the context, it's a verb, and it has the idea by personal choice. Because the way they chose their life, that's the way they had ended up, making them dull, spiritual earwax in their head. They were dull of hearing, restricted, limited in their capacity to be able to receive truth when it was spoken. Chapter 5, verse 12, notice what it says. For when for the time you ought to be teachers... You have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Even after years of being a believer, they should have graduated, but they were still in the first grade. They should have been helping other people with truth, yet even the basics of the faith, they had become... Lack with them themselves. You know, Peter says, uh, you're blind because you didn't add these things to your your walk that you were far from the Lord in in your relationship with him and you were blind and forgotten that you were washed by the blood of Christ. Uh, If you don't grow, you can forget a lot of things. And that's what he's saying. Milk is okay for babies, but it's alarming for Adults to practice that, amen? Milk is the first teachings a new believer learns. Meat is advanced truth, helping one if applied to their life to help mature them. If the deeper truths, now get this, if the deeper truths remain out of my thinking, they remain dark, they don't become plain, understandable, Then he's saying, then the simple truths that we had learned that are plain, basic, and simple will become dark to us again. Maturity is when the believer, believer, he stays at it. He reads the word. He studies the word. He's progressive in trying to get the knowledge and application of scriptures to his mind and his heart, thus his life. Then it says in verse 13, For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Since often, or quite often anyway, a believer remains a babe in the faith, he will lack in his ability to defend the truth. He will fail in making the correct decisions he needs to make in his life. Baby believers, they don't know how to integrate the truth of God with their life. So they follow their flesh and the world's wisdom. I'm not following God's wisdom or truth. So who am I going to follow? My flesh. And if you trust your flesh, you're going to get in trouble. Your flesh is up and down every day. If you're going to trust the world's wisdom, I offer you America, and you want to trust that for your life? Of course not. But that's what you do when you don't mature in the things of God. This was a big problem with the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? You see, with the lack of Scripture truth in our life, they were walking just like they were lost people. You've been around believers. They say they're believers. They say they're Christians. But you couldn't tell it by the way they live.
1: They look like they're lost,
0: don't they? They look like they're not saved because you don't think saved people would do that. The saved people can sink pretty low sometimes. Amen? Peter says it this way, 1 Peter 2. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and so on, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, God wants us to grow, doesn't he? And today, when the meat of truth comes our way, when somebody is speaking and there's some depth to what he's saying, when he begins to teach the word of God, most believers say or they think, well, wait a minute, I can't understand that. That's over my head. Huh? And my question is, why is it over your head? Why haven't you grown enough to be able to grab a hold of what they're saying? Amen? We have to stop pampering and just feeding people milk. And sometimes you need to chew on some meat. And you need to learn. You need to grow so that you can mature. It's nobody else's fault but our own. It's progressively learning, maturing, like you do education at schools. You go from the first grade, you go through the the eighth grade. Then you go in high school from the ninth grade through the twelfth grade. Then you go to college from freshman through senior. Then you go to graduate school and so on. That's what our life is supposed to be like. You don't take calculus, or physics before you understand arithmetic. Amen? It's time to get off the baby's bottle of immaturity and not being spiritual. Most can't or haven't gotten out of Christ's earthly ministry yet. When God wants us to advance to maturity, maturity to Christ's heavenly body church program of today isn't that amazing well it's too hard to learn huh no it's not it just means you need to make some effort and if you make some effort it will click and when it clicks it transforms your life you need to stop using Israel's promises and start using the body of Christ's uh, promises to us so that you not be confused with every wind of doctrine. Amen? Ephesians 3.9 says this, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Paul's saying, I'm sharing you, with you new truth. Truth nobody else knew until Christ himself revealed it to me to share with you. Here's the new truth. We're saved by grace alone through faith alone in the gospel alone. No law, no works, just grace alone, and you can be saved. Amen? And that's just the beginning. (laughs) That's just the beginning. Hebrews 5.14 now says this here. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's a good thing right there. It's an amazing thing to me that I can say I'm a mature Christian and believe in what our government's trying to promote today. You just take abortion as a fact. It's mind-boggling what Christians even believe today. God help us. The mature believer has the ability to read truth, study it, understand, apply that scripture through the Holy Spirit, then having a lifestyle that conforms to God's word. They can make intelligent spiritual decisions, even from their past mistakes. As you grow in the Lord, you look at your past mistakes and you can see, you can, you can discern the wrong decisions and the right decisions you've have made, you have made in the past. You can do that now because you're becoming mature in the Lord. Mature believers rely on the word of God, the Holy Spirit to enlarge our understanding to know what is right and wrong to be empowered by the word of God to be Christ-like. A mature believer hungers for God's truth. And if you don't want to ever read your Bible, that tells you where you are spiritually. You say, well, that's okay. I know I'm going to heaven. Well, I'm glad you're going to heaven. But when you get there, What you've done down here with your life determines your eternity in heaven. Your responsibilities, your rewards. You're not being ashamed when you stand before him. So much is at stake just down here. 1 Corinthians 2.13 says this, Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. God, the Holy Spirit, takes this word and he illuminates our thinking, our mind. And it's at this point in time we have to grab this. We're accountable and responsible for our own maturity. Nobody else can do it for us. We have to do it ourselves. Now, there might be some mentors. There might be some people that help in the walk, but my walk is, bottom line, determined by me, myself. God help me. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves, and so on and so on. So I ask you, where are you in the faith? you need to stop? Think about it, evaluate. How long have you been saved? Where is there any growth in your life? Have you progressed since you proclaimed the name of Christ at all in your life? You're responsible for your own self, you're responsible for your submission to God. James 4 6 and 7. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the, yep, unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist it. You have to submit yourself to God first. That's our responsibility. We have no chance when the devil attacks if we've not submitted to God. And then also we're responsible for our own godliness or holiness. You know, John, he said, keep yourself from idols. An idol is anything that's before the Lord taking first love in our life. Second Corinthians 7.1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the spirit fear of God states in Ephesians 4, 24, and that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God said, listen, I want you to know something. You're responsible for your own life that you might walk a godly life. Not an ungodly life, a godly life. Stop playing with the world and start living for Christ. That's what he's saying. We're responsible for our own spirituality. Jude 20 says this. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. You see, it's my responsibility in how I grow, how I mature, how spiritual I am. And God holds me accountable for that. And the last thing here is, I think it's so I'm, I'm responsible for the fire that burns in my heart to keep going. Now that's a battle, and that's the biggest battle I fight. This day in your relationship with God, are you cold? Are you lukewarm? Are you hot? Or are you on fire? Amen? Jude 21 says this keep yourselves in the love of God. Now that's important. I'll tell you why as we go through this. You see, it's my responsibility to stay sensitive to God, never forgetting His love for me. As I look back on my own life, my own maturity, I've realized it's been my responsibility and nobody else's. I had to come to a decision just like you do. It's when I made my decision to take my responsibility myself for myself, it was only then that my faith became real and a true relationship with Christ began. Only then did my salvation and faith cease to be a religion, a form, a tradition, a boring thing, an embarrassing life of defeats, only a weekend thing. Only then when I made my decision to go all out for myself to follow Christ, only then did I truly begin to grow and mature in my faith. It was only then I connected myself to God, his word, the spirit into my mind and my heart that I could bring it over into my life, into my marriage and into our plans. When I made that decision, it was only then when my life was shaken, when the storms raged, when Satan and the world and the flesh attacked when decisions needed to be made, when courage and strength was called upon, grace was needed. Only then in my growing and maturity could I stand up and live a life that honors God. But you have to come to that decision in your own life. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith huh? the faith my faith and why did i make that decision why did i come to a place in my life where i said god it's me and you this is my responsibility to be what you want me to be do you know what caused me to make that decision 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. I can't turn my back on his love. I don't know why he would love somebody like me. And I've been around some of you, and I question that too. Amen. <laughs> hey, Amen. Why does he love us so? But because of his love, it just kept coming to me. I can't help but say, God, here's my life. I want to be what you want me to be. It states in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him hearing is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. We love him because he first loved us. You see, the reason I love him is because one day he revealed to me he loved me. And I want to love him back. That's why I make the decision. It's all in for Christ. It has to be. And as I go all in for Christ, when I do that, I begin that process of fulfilling my responsibility of trying to grow, to mature, and to have a spiritual walk with Christ. I've said this a million times. It's not deep. We just have to stop watching so much, listening so much, and doing so much And we have to give God his time so that he can work in our lives to help us walk truthfully. Amen. Is that that deep? Why aren't we doing that? What's in front of us that's causing us to neglect that? Paul said, boy, I'd like to say some really unbelievable things, but I can't. Because it's over your head. You can't understand it. Because you've not taken personal responsibility to grow and to mature. Get up, learn of me, and I'll show you some things that will thrill you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this passage of scripture here that tells us about being dull of hearing, but you want us to be spiritual so we can discern what is right, what is wrong, and to grow as a Christian. God, that's our responsibility as a Christian. It's just to grow. And so, God, I pray you impress people's minds and their hearts today that they're going to make a decision, not because they have to, because they want to, because they see you high and lifted up and they want to please you in Jesus name. And everybody said, we hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone until next week. May God richly bless you as our prayer.